there's so many businesses doing all the same things. And most of us don't really need as many things as we buy. So what would it take for a business to win your loyalty? It really sort of all came together. And I was thinking, well, if the business truly cares about you and expresses that in its messaging, then you might choose them over the competition because you feel seen and heard. And that's really what everybody wants. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello and welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci, and today's episode is about storytelling. Now, this is a podcast about books, so we talk about telling story in a lot of different contexts. But today, we're going to talk about storytelling specifically for entrepreneurs and business owners. As writers, we all know the importance of storytelling, but it might not always be so obvious how essential storytelling is to marketing your business. And today's guest is an expert in this area. So Lynn Galadner is a writing coach, marketing entrepreneur, and host of the Make Meaning podcast. Her creative nonfiction has been published around the world. She also writes novels with compelling Jewish characters who are determined to fill their lives with passion, purpose, and love. She also has written six nonfiction books, including Hide and Seek, Jewish Women and Hair Coverage, and The Flavors of Faith, Holy Breads, which I have to say, I find a very tempting read, but my gluten intolerance makes it so I can't sample the recipes, but they look delicious. Anyway, with a BA from the University of Michigan and an MFA from Goddard College, Lynn is the mother of four and lives in Huntington Woods, Michigan with her husband, Dan. And so today we are going to talk about the power of storytelling for entrepreneurs. And she is going to reveal, and this is really important, so you want to make sure you get to hear this. She's going to reveal the most important stories that every entrepreneur needs to have in their arsenal ready to tell. And she takes us through her insightful process of author branding and messaging. So sit back and enjoy. So Lynn, welcome to the Author's Corner. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And, you know, we agreed to have you come on, you know, to talk about finding stories in your life that mm -hmm. you can then apply to, you know, teaching or your book or whatever. And I think that this is, we really, this can't be over explored or overstated because it's so vital that stories come with information because people, human beings remember stories. We all might have noticed that sometimes it's very difficult to remember specific facts uh -huh. <laughs> yes. or, or data points, but uh -huh. boy, do we remember a good story. So could you tell us a little bit more about your perspective on this and you know how your interest in this came about? 
Yeah, well, I have been writing since I was six years old and like full sentences and stories and things like that. And really, I've always written to figure out what I think about something or to make sense of the world around me. But also anytime I'm curious about something, I take to writing to figure it out, to see what I think or, you know, what's confusing me or whatever. I teach a lot of writing classes and in just yesterday I was teaching a class about show don't tell where I try to make it easy for people to learn how to show rather than tell and we read a couple of pieces and I kept pointing out to the students that each of the pieces was about a very ordinary topic. So one was by a woman who had left the city for the country and all these things wrong with her house and needing to hire people to come and fix things. And she kept saying like, men keep coming to my house, you know? And it was like, but that was all it was about, but it really taught her something about herself. Uh -huh. And then there was one about rooting through like a grandmother's drawer or mother's mm. drawer, finding these like significant things, which were in capitals, significant and things, but that how you learned about yourself from these things that people kept from generations and handed down to you. So I kept saying to my students, you know, that these are very ordinary topics. Each of us could probably write a piece about it. And yet we would write a very different piece because of the details, because of our experiences. So I think that even people who are writing sci-fi or fantasy or something, which I don't write, there's something in it that's based on their lives. You know, I've worked with a couple of, of writers who write sci-fi and I marvel at it. It's just such a genre that is beyond me and I love it. It's so great. But one of them was really about environmental concern, like concern for the planet. Mm, but it was mm -hmm. in this fictitious world. But really, that's what it spoke to. And that was in the heart of the writer who was really worried about things and then created this huge story from it. So I think we really have no choice but to mine our lives for story. That's where we find our subject matter, our fascinations. Yeah. And I want to elaborate on the point of show don't tell, because obviously it's very powerful for fiction writing to enable your reader to be able to imagine, especially if you're creating an alternate world, you really have to be able to show the reader the world. Yes. But I want to add to this because we only work with nonfiction authors and we're ah. helping nonfiction authors write world changing books. And so when we're doing that, I'm often working with top scientists mm -hmm. and they really know what they're talking about. Yeah. But when they're describing what they're talking about, it's usually in scientific jargon and it's very yes. difficult to follow. And so I'll just give you a, a recent example. I was working with a client and he was describing something about a amino acid, a specific amino acid. Uh -huh. And he was talking about, you know, six letters and a little dash. And if you change the top letter, it changes the protein. But if you don't, and he's going, and I'm listening to this. And then I finally just said to him, can you describe this to me like it's a choo-choo train? <laughs> so one of the things for nonfiction writers, especially if you're writing technical stuff, is that if you can find an image of what you're trying to describe in the natural world of your reader, yeah, <laughs> not, yes, not yes. your colleagues, your reader, then yes. it can really help them to grasp the concept. So I just wanted to slide that in there because I think that's such an important thing to bring up about yes. show, don't tell. Well, you know, I also, I write a lot of creative nonfiction. So even though I'm focusing a lot of my career on writing novels right now, I've had six nonfiction books published and I write a lot of essays that are published in journals and magazines and whatever. And so that's all bringing true experiences to the page, but I'm very big on show, don't tell, because that's how the reader gets immersed in my story and they find something that's universally relatable. So even though it's my story and it's very detailed, they walk away with some insight for themselves. And I think that's what's showing really does. Absolutely. And it's just boring to read about something that happened without any detail. Yes. And you're right. The reader can't put themselves in there, in their own mind, 
I mean, let's face it, everyone's really thinking about themselves all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally true. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you have to make sure your reader can imagine themselves seeing through your eyes or, you know, or having an experience that's meaningful to them along with what they're reading about your experience. I mean, it really is vital to maintaining their interest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's now talk about stories as it relates to something else that you write about, which is marketing. And I loved how you said you have to be able to tell a lot of stories as an entrepreneur, right? You have your, so I'll let you continue from here because let's talk about what kinds of stories entrepreneurs need to be able to tell and, you know, maybe some of your thoughts on how to best do that. So when I pivoted from journalism to marketing, I brought a storytelling approach into marketing. So my training was in journalism, was in writing, and I was just sort of trying out a concept from what I had seen in the world. This was around the time that social media was becoming popular. And I was looking at how people were more connected, but had this illusion of connection because you're sitting in front of the screen, you know, and so you're actually more alone Mm -hmm. than you realize. And we've gotten away from the, you know, cup of coffee at the back fence with your neighbor schmoozing in the morning type of thing. So I thought, At the same time, businesses, there's so many businesses doing all the same things. And most of us don't really need as many things as we buy. And so what would it take for a business to win your loyalty? And it really sort of all came together. And I was thinking, well, if the business truly cares about you and expresses that in its messaging, then you might choose them over the competition because you feel seen and heard. And that's really what everybody Mm -hmm. wants. So the way I do marketing, there's a formula which is that storytelling plus relationships plus higher purpose equals growth. Whether Mm. that's sales or reach or whatever, the higher purpose really comes first. It's the why of Mm. what you're doing. You know, so why Mm -hmm. did you open a bakery? Why did you, you know, open a shoe store or whatever? And more than just to make money, but something that you're trying to contribute. So that Mm -hmm. sense of purpose needs to come through in the humanity of the business because people do business with people, not Mm -hmm. with a brand, you know, and so there needs to be a human face to it. And then we need to figure out the story. So what is the story that really conveys that purpose? And so I spend a lot of time with clients on messaging and finding those words so that everybody's on the same page, using the same words, the same concepts, so that your potential customers can hear again and again the same things instead of being really different because we don't have any cohesion. And then Mm -hmm. the last part is relationships because again, people do business with people. And so Mm -hmm. you need to be communicating and building that relationship, not just so that you'll go buy something from me, but so that we have an exchange, a back and forth. And I care about you and you care about me and it's, it's a mutually beneficial experience. So that's been the, I guess, the philosophy that I approach marketing with, and it's been very successful. I've only had two clients that I didn't succeed with in both situations. They really had struggled with the purpose question. They're like, I just want to make money. And I'm like, I don't think I'm the one for you, you know, like somebody else can help you, but I'm not the one to help you with marketing. So, so yeah, that's how I approach it. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so what do you, what do you see as a success in marketing? How, how, how do you, uh. Well, how do you measure that in your mind, in your heart and mind? That's the golden question. And, you know, really, it's about um, first, you have to realize that it's a marathon and not a sprint. And so, you know, if you're going to be on social media, if you're going to send out a newsletter, if you're going to have certain ads, like it's not a one and done. You kind of have to be in it for the long haul. And you have to articulate, well, what do I want to happen out of this? So I think success is something that comes over time. And that maybe it's people knowing you, knowing your brand, knowing your business, whatever it is, and steady and increasing sales in whatever products or services you're offering. So like I have a client that I've had now for 10 years who is a small law firm. 
And it was a, a lawyer who was going out on her own. And she came to me and asked me to help her with her, with everything, set up the firm, branding, mm-hmm. messaging, et cetera. And I still do all of her marketing. And what I can say, and she's like my best uh, referral source because yeah. she'll tell anybody who calls her, well, you know, over time is where you see the results. So that first year she spent a lot of money getting started and, you know, set up and everything. But by two years in, everybody knew who she was and how she was different in the legal sphere. And, mm. and like they'd heard of her. And mm-hmm. that was success. And she has had such steady growth over the past 10 years that she's had to expand her staff and her office and she she can't handle it all herself. And that to me is success, but it is oh, yeah. gradual over time, steady and consistent. Yeah, that is so true. And that's just true with anything, right? Like if you I think a lot of people have a misconception of what it takes to succeed. And a lot of that has been fed to them by the media, right? Like, yeah. the, you know, I used to get so upset when I would, take my kids to see certain movies by a certain children oriented movie producer company. (laughs) And, you know, consistently there would be this kid who maybe wanted to play baseball and he really sucked at it. And then there would be a three minute montage with some cute song playing. And then right after that, he was an outstanding ball player. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I was like, this is really not good for kids to see. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, not realistic. Because it takes more than a three minute montage. <laughs> yes, yes, totally true. Yes. And they're, oh my they're gosh. going to think that they suck when they don't get better in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Very misleading. Uh. False advertising. Fake news, people. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm like, great. Just leave it to the parents to try to explain to them about perseverance <laughs> and hard work. Thanks so right. much. Thanks for right. thanks for that hand up there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what do you think are the most significant stories that entrepreneurs consistently have to be telling, you know, or find themselves telling? Yeah. I mean, their origin story and how they got to start whatever business it is, that's mm-hmm. huge. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that inspiration that comes from the human story, um, the triumph over challenge, the persistence, the, you know, whatever, that this wasn't a lucky break, this was hard work and let's get to know the person. That's mm-hmm. really important. Um, I think that that matters a lot. But also whenever there's like a new product or service, you always have to be speaking to the people this is for and not about you. You know, so mm-hmm. I work with a lot of schools and the schools are like, we do this and we do that. And here's our pedagogical approach. And that's great. And there's a place yeah. for it. Yeah. But that is not what a parent's looking for. They want to know, is my kid going to have friends? Are they going to get into <laughs> a good college? You know, are they going to feel depressed when they're in middle school? Or are they going to be happy? Like, mm-hmm. these are the things that parents want to know. Sure. You know, will the tuition expense be worth it because they end up getting into an Ivy or, you know, they're an entrepreneur and they're completely confident and everything like, so you have to speak to the people who are coming to you, mm-hmm. even as you're speaking about whatever it is you do. So, so true. And so important. Oh my gosh. That's such a, that's such a great nugget. Yes. You know, one of the things that I often hear myself saying is your book is not about you. Right. Yes. And if you make it about you, no one's going to really want to read it. So. Yeah. Your book is about your reader. Yes. And what they want and how you can help them get it. Yes. Or have it or it's develop funny. it or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Well, you know, and I've written six nonfiction books. And so I totally mm-hmm. get that. Yeah. In fiction, the funny thing is that everybody wants to see me in my novel. And I'm like, it's fiction, guys. Like, this yeah. is not. <laughs> so, you know, like, yes, of course, you know, things from your life that might inform your writing, but. 
this is all made up. These are yeah. fictitious characters and places and whatever. So, but it is funny. I, I do think that you need a little personal element in your books, like well, um, especially nonfiction for sure. Yes. But, but when you're telling a story about yourself, it's still about the reader. Yes. Yes. Right. That's like, what, what are I'm they going to get from it? Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Like you, you get, you have to choose your stories so yes. that they connect with what you know your ideal reader is is thinking about. Right. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the, like you're saying with the school website, like you know what the parents are concerned about. Right. So if they're not addressing that on the website, people aren't going to read very far and they don't care how how many certifications you have or how much right. education you've had or yeah. all the wonderful things that you've done unless you can connect it. That was another one. Yes. <laughs> unless you can connect it to what they already know that they want. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You always have to keep that in mind, that mutual benefit, that relationship that is so, so mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did a book in 2002 about Jewish women and hair covering. So Jewish women who are religious, many cover their hair and it's a religious mm -hmm. observance. I spent 10 years in the Orthodox world and I was, I didn't grow up that way. And I was like, well, mm. okay, why, you know, where, show me, like, I want to, <laughs> I want to understand. There's like a million books about keeping kosher. There's like mm -hmm. nothing about hair covering because it's women. Let's not go there, of but course. you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so I said, they well, don't need explaining. They don't, we don't need explain right. explanation. Just, just so, be in a corner, do, do your thing. Just you do know? it. So, yeah. uh -huh. so I did my, my research and I was really fascinated, you know, to find out why. So I put together an anthology of different perspectives and experiences with hair covering. Plus I interviewed scholars and did research and I had that whole introductory section. And to me, it was really like, I wanted to know, so I'm sure other people wanted to know. So here you go. Here are the stories that could help you to understand that there's not mm -hmm. one right answer, but here's a variety mm -hmm. of experiences. And then that might help you with your understanding of how you're going to approach it. So right. absolutely, it has to be about other people. But I think it starts with what are you curious about? What do you bring that it might totally. be expertise or whatever, and then make it accessible for other people. Exactly, exactly. And how can you translate your wisdom and experience into real world value for your yes. readers? Yeah. Um, but of course, yeah, it should always be something that you're interested to learn more about as well. Yes. I think that if you write a book with an attitude of curiosity and don't just write a book from, I already know everything, but writing a book like you're talking about with an attitude of curiosity, then you, you not only end up an author, you end up a better expert. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's a twofer. It's a twofer. <laughs> yes, <Actually>. definitely. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hi there, Robin here. Have you been considering writing a thought leadership book that grows your business? How about writing a quality standout book with a real book publishing deal behind it that not only grows your business, but also grows your influence and reach? In case you're new to the author's corner, my name is Robin Colucci, and I help world-class experts write world-changing books that get published. With over 30 years of experience in the publishing industry, I have helped clients write and publish books with Big Five and other top publishers. Many have gone on to become bestsellers from Amazon all the way up to the New York Times. And others have increased their business income 600 times or more as a result of their book and partnering with me and my team. If you are a top-notch expert who is ready to write your world-changing book, go schedule a free consultation call with one of my trusted team members today. We have a limited number of slots available, and we only take clients who are committed to the process and want to get their book started now. If that sounds like you, 
go to www.worldchangingbooks.com forward slash application to apply for one of our exclusive spots. Once again, that link is www.worldchangingbooks.com forward slash application. Now, back to the show. All right. So you talked about the origin story. I want to go back to that earlier question. Okay. Of what's another key story? Because I agree with you 100%. Origin mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs one. Uh, every introduction to a book needs mm-hmm. one, by the way, mm-hmm. just, just mm-hmm. So, so our listeners can be making notes for when they're writing their books. Uh-huh. So what is another story that you find essential as a marketer for entrepreneurs to have at the ready, if you will? So I do something called foundational messaging. Mm -hmm. which is sort of your anchor content that is what you're going to go back to time and time again. And everybody who's speaking about the school can access it and use the same words and phrases. So the origin story is part of that, but the foundational messaging is more like the heart and soul of whatever your business is or your whatever you're doing. And I spend a lot of time working on this with clients. I interview customers, you know, past, present, dissatisfied and satisfied, Mm -hmm. just to understand more about the business as well as people inside it. And then I write it for them. And then I suggest that every year they look at it and make sure that it's still relevant and speaks Mm -hmm. to what they're doing, make little tweaks. But like every five years, you should do the whole exercise again, because Mm -hmm. your business could be evolving and changing so much that Mm -hmm. five years down the road, it may be a very different looking business. And so Mm -hmm. that foundational content is so important. And I mean, it's, it could be 10, 12 paragraphs long. You don't use it all at the same time, but you have Mm -hmm. it to pull from. And that way you really know who you are and what you stand for. And you can educate people to that as well. So I think it's, you know, concrete details like show, don't tell, like we spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, the who, what, where, when, why, how, all of that is really important, but also that, that higher purpose that mm-hmm. has to go in there too. And then maybe you even have some quotes from a founder or from a satisfied mm-hmm. loyal customer or something like that, so that you have other voices in there. It's not just mm-hmm. take our word for it, but right. you know, here, yeah. the, the proof is in the pudding. So right, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always good to include your, what your customers have to say. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. All right. So any other important stories for uh, business owners or entrepreneurs to be able to tell at the, uh, you know, in any kind of circumstance? So I do think that you need a, to have your sort of like elevator pitch, which is oh, yeah. probably your mission. Um, mm-hmm. So mission and vision are really interesting because mission is what you do for whom now and vision is like, how are we helping to create a better world? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's future focused, it's aspirational. So I think those are important and they should be like quick and not, mm-hmm. you know, they should be very relatable and very memorable. I also, you know, I work with a lot of authors on author branding and mm. an author, even if they represent a business or an expertise, they need to have a pithy little sentence that explains, you know, who they are as an author. And that needs to be consistent. So if you're writing multiple books, what is the thread between them? You know, Mm. what are you trying to do with your writing? And how does it show up each time, even if the subject matter is different or slightly different? And so I think author branding is really important and people might forget it, but you need to teach people how to know you and how to engage with you. And so that's a very important exercise too. Yeah, I'd love for you to say more about that, because I think that a lot of people aren't really prepared for that aspect of becoming an author. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you have a business, even if you're a partner in a law firm or you have a business website that's related to your core job or career, you still need an author 
mantle. You still need that author mm-hmm. branding. Can you say more about that from your perspective of, of like, you know, yeah, yeah. Any, any yeah. stories or examples or anything you'd like to share? So it's funny because, you know, marketing experts, when they look at themselves, they, they have to walk the walk. You know, I can give yeah. this advice to other people. But <laughs> as I was making a pivot from focusing mostly on my business to focusing more on my writing, I thought, okay, how am I showing up as an author? And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been writing my whole life and I've been published all over the place. And so I started looking at what am I trying to do with my novels, but what have I done in articles and nonfiction books and other things? And one of the themes that comes through for me is my Jewish identity. And I write a lot about that and my experiences in it. And so there's a lot of identity. There's a lot of tradition and connecting with the generations and whatever. And so I decided deliberately that was going to be part of my author brand because it it's carrying on a theme. It's not mm-hmm. brand new right now, but right. I did take a look back and I was looking forward to be strategic. And I know that that could be a risky thing because it's really very niche. But, mm-hmm. you know, my, my first novel, Woman of Valor, is a, a very religious story, but lots of people who aren't Jewish are fascinated because they feel like they're introduced to a new world. And so yeah. I, I do believe that, and this is true for businesses as well as for authors, when you really narrow your focus and you get highly specific, it becomes more universally relatable Absolutely. than if it's broad and vague and trying to appease everyone, then nobody's oh interested. That is, so, you know, yeah. that is one of my go-to statements I've been sharing with authors for over 20 years. So yeah. I know you are 100% correct. The more personal it is, the more universal it becomes. Yes. And it's absolutely true. Yeah. And so it just really depends on how bold and brave and transparent you're willing to be. Right. Because you will find universality in whatever it is that you can share from that yeah. more intimate, personal level. No question. Well, it's like if you are starting a business and you're like, I make pie, you know, but then if you're like, well, but I also have to make cookies and cakes and brownies and da, 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 da. Why can't you just do the pie? Like that can be your niche and just do it really well. There's obviously <laughs> a reason that you thought about that and don't be afraid of it, you know, because yeah. when you do something really, really well, people will reward you for it Yeah, and stay in your lane, you know, it's, it's yeah. great. And there's and being polarizing is an advantage. Like one of the things I tell people when they're writing a book is like, absolutely make sure you say some things that people are gonna hate, that yep, your people, that your people yep. will love and your yes. people will relate to. Because if you're writing a book as part of growing your business, you don't want everybody calling you, do you? You just want right. to hear from the people who are a good fit for you. Yeah. Not just income wise, not just area of vertical career wise, yes. but you want somebody who's got the vibe that you want to work with, you know, that somebody who matches your worldview enough, you know, that you guys can, it doesn't have to be a match, but you've got to have some point where you're connecting on mm-hmm. some bigger mission, like you're saying, or some bigger vision that you agree yeah. is worth pursuing. Yeah. And then you can take it from there. Yes. There are businesses and business owners that have aligned with very strong political stances or religious stances. And for better or for worse, people either flock to them because of it or avoid them because of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is incredibly brave and I applaud it. You know, I do choose businesses based on how they show up and and who they support or don't support and, you know, vote with my dollars. And I think Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that takes courage and confidence. And that is super important. So yes, absolutely. Be bold. Be who you are. And I'd say like, yeah, I'd say like, I I will take a client who I don't necessarily agree with politically, as long as we're not writing (laughs) about (laughs) that thing. Yes. But I think that we do have to, especially today, we have to be willing to work with people who don't agree with us on everything. Yes. And really 
it's the only way that we can really learn from each other. Yeah. And it's the only way that we can really find common ground. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think it's, I wouldn't turn someone away just because they happen to disagree with me politically, as long as what we're writing about is something that we're totally aligned. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, you know, if there are clients who like, I can't represent a client that I don't believe in. I have to believe in mm -hmm. what they're doing and how Absolutely. they're doing it. Yes. So there has to be the integrity factor. Oh, of course. Yes. But yeah, politics. I mean, listen, one of my clients is the Great Lakes Civility Project, which is a, a conservative and a liberal journalist who are friends. I went to school with the liberal <laughs> and they basically, with everything going on in our country, are speaking to audiences about how to have these conversations. I love it. And I think yeah. that's incredibly worthwhile. And I also yes. am learning a lot yes. from the conservative part of that yeah. because mm -hmm. I don't normally travel in those circles. And that's really informed my stance and educated me. And I respect them both. And so, yeah. yes, we might vote exactly. differently, but but the core of what they're doing and why is so important. Yes. And that that's always the real determiner. Yeah. I have turned people away because of... <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were not... I, I think... Yeah, I don't. I I could give a couple examples, but maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> or maybe not, right? Maybe maybe that's for another I don't want episode. Anyone to hear themselves, but uh, probably probably the ones I turned away are not listening to my podcast. But I'm anyway. sure, I'm sure. <laughs> and you know what? You got to turn them away. I usually turn them away if they're if they are showing me signs that they're going to be a real pain in the you know what. Yeah. And usually yeah. my instincts are right, so I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. think I'm the one for you. Let's find you somebody yeah. who is, you know. Yeah. Or if so, and then yeah, so there's a personality match, and then there's also if they actually want to put out ideas that I believe are toxic. Yes. Then I'm like, you will have to do this with someone else. I yes. cannot support this. For sure. Yeah. So that's <laughs> uh, very important. But I think what we're talking about really, and what's what's here for our listeners is, if you are an entrepreneur, which many nonfiction authors are, or uh -huh. or you're gonna be once <laughs> once you're ready to launch your book. Uh huh. But I think that thinking ahead about these kinds of boundaries uh -huh. is, is really vital yes. to your ability to position yourself in the marketplace. Yes. It's important to know what your values are and yeah. where you stand and what you will and will not engage with. Yeah. It's really vital yeah. to not only surviving it, <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but thriving. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I very agree. cool. So what do you do when you're working with an author and you're helping an author brand themselves? So we really look at the career. You know, what is your goal with writing? So is it, I've always wanted to write a book and so it's my one and done. Or do I want to build an author career? So how do I want mm. to show up in the space? What is my plan for writing book after book? Who am I writing for? Which is a very big question, which happens in all marketing, but who is your audience? Mm. Let's pare it down. And so like, you know, I think very broadly, my novel is attractive to midlife to older women. And that's pretty broad. That's a really big audience. But I'm targeting Jewish communities and universities for my book tour and then other mm -hmm. things pop up. But um, because I'm talking about strong women, talking mm -hmm. about choosing your identity, these are universal topics. So even though I'm doing it in a Jewish context, it's applicable to everybody. And it's a fascinating conversation about how to be deliberate in your identity and why that's so important. Mm -hmm. So I think that looking at the audience and the subject matter and how we want to position them in the market, we then determine, okay, now what do you bring to the market that's different? So if mm -hmm. you're writing romance mm -hmm. or thrillers, those are saturated. Yeah. How mm -hmm. is it different in your voice? Let's yeah. distinguish you. Mm -hmm. And it's a really fun exercise because you're just sort of on a blank canvas. Like, what do you want to paint? But then you get to step into it. And for a lot of women that I work with, and I, I work with men too, but more women than men, it's like, 
finally, I, you know, I've always wanted to write, but somebody told me I couldn't. And so now I'm finally taking the bull by the horns and I'm saying, it's my time. And yeah. so it's really vindicating. It's so exciting to see this happen. And I just love to help women build their confidence and then their author brand that represents that, which is really cool. All right. Well, Lynn, this has been amazing. I cannot believe how the time has blown past to near the end of the hour. So I would love to toss to you my signature final question, okay. which is, Lynn, what have I not asked you that you would love to answer? Well, um, that's a great question. You know, I think you've covered everything, Robin. You're a great interviewer. What I'd love to say is that anybody listening, if you've wanted to write, you just need to write. And it's much more of a confidence game and a persistence than talent and you know, self-doubt's gonna come up, imposter syndrome's gonna come up. The best thing you can do is A, write, and B, surround yourself with other people writing. So being involved in a writer's community in some way, you know, that's why I do the monthly free write-alongs because people can show up and they're writing in community, working on their own writing, and they don't feel alone. It's a very lonely and isolated endeavor. And so if you're writing all the time, you, you want to surround yourself with people who can support you and encourage you. That's really important. Fantastic. So where might people find your writing group, Lynn? So go to lynngalodner.com, which is my website, and there's a tab that says Write with Lynn, and one of the options is the write-alongs. And so just sign up there. You'll get emails that remind you like a week before and then the day before, and you'll just be on the list forevermore. So you, whether you show up or not, you'll always get the reminder, and um, I'd love to see you there. Well, thank you so much again, Lynn, for being here with us today on The Author's Corner. Thank you, Robin, for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.